Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Tonight, next Sunday night, we have Brother Ashcraft with us. The Sunday night after that, I'll be preaching on the trio of tyranny. Tonight, I'm going to preach on the toughest verse in the Bible. What would be that toughest verse in the Bible? And we took a, kind of a poll on encouragement at Emmanuel. And uh, so, uh, and just I've been asking just different people, what do you think the toughest verse in the Bible? And boy, I've had every kind of verse there is, but we're going to talk about it tonight. And before we pray, it's good to have Miss Hannah with us. And she is a missionary to Mozambique. Did I get that right? And uh, I did not realize that they speak Portuguese there. You were telling me. And then the second language? Makua. And, uh, and then English is not found as just Portuguese and Makua. And uh, so uh, if you get a chance, go by and see Miss Hannah. And I'm going to get to know her more as we go along and just what God's called her to do. So I'm excited you're here. And sister, you're sitting dead center. So we're going to be preaching at you. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, but anyways, toughest verse in the Bible. Heavenly Father, Lord, it's the toughest verse to me because it really impacts the greatest part of us. Lord, I pray tonight as my thoughts are organized in my spirit and, and they're organized inside the text, that, Lord, I, I want to be very, very respectful to the topic. And, Lord, I pray that you'd help us now. Please watch over us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll give a couple of announcements at the very end. Uh, but the toughest verse in the Bible is found in the book of Ephesians. If you'll go there, the book of Ephesians. And to me, this is the toughest verse. And uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and it's verse 22, and this to me is the toughest verse in the Bible. And as soon as you find your way there, it's tough. All the husbands are chickening out right now. This is tough. Terry's getting permission to say amen. Y'all, if I had a nickel for every time I've sat down across the table, across through the living room, in a parking lot, in a hotel lobby when a marriage has fallen apart, a family has fallen apart, I will always look at the wife and I will always say, you have the toughest job. And you do. Wives, I'm glad God didn't make me a woman. My wife is glad God didn't make me a woman. There, this is multifaceted tonight. This is multi-generational tonight because we are raising the next family unit. And if you'll look around you, the next family unit sits around you. And even if you say, Pastor... I have no spouse. I'm not even close to getting a spouse. This still is very applicable. And no matter how long you've been married, this is by far the toughest verse in the Bible. Can we read it together out loud? Ready? 
Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Submission is, is many times misconstrued of what submission is. Submission is not losing your voice. Submission does not mean that a lady just needs to be quiet and a lady never needs to say anything. That's not what submission means. Submission does not mean that you don't have an opinion. Y'all, listen, if you think that a wife doesn't have an opinion, then you're single. Boy, I can tell right now, this is going to get gooder and gooder and gooder. Submission, and, and ladies, you can relax because I'm not about to beat you up because I take offense to any pastor who beats up on a woman publicly. That's cowardice. If you want to be a man, meet all the women in the back alley, then say what you said behind the pulpit because <laughs> they will kill you. Amen? Submission doesn't mean that you lose your voice. Submission does not mean that you lose your opinion. Submission does not mean that you lose your identity. Submission doesn't mean that now you're not your own individual. You don't have your own individual makeup. And husbands, you can relax because you're going, please don't set her free. And uh, submission doesn't mean that. Submission is a unique thing that a lady possesses, but it is the hardest thing she will ever do. Submission to the Lord is easier than submission to a husband. Wives, when you were single, it was easy to follow what the Lord said. Here's why. The Lord's perfect. The Lord doesn't make mistakes. The Lord doesn't wake up every day and go, uh-oh, what have I done? Submission to the Lord is easier. In fact, if you go to 1 Corinthians, we're going to be looking at some scriptures tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And when you ladies are single, the Bible is very clear that if you'll look here in verse number 32. But I would have you without carefulness, he that is unmarried, care for the things that belong to who, please? The Lord. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, 7, 7, 32. Y'all are looking for 32 in chapter 6, weren't you? That shows you how nervous I am about preaching this sermon. And uh, I'm going to preach the whole counsel of God, whether you, mm, glad Miss Kelly's not here, amen? And uh, I can so see her at home. She's got her chair pulled up to the edge of that TV. And that's why I almost brought my phone tonight, but I'm glad I didn't. First Corinthians 7 and, and, and look at verse 32. But I would have you without carefulness, he that is unmarried, care for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the what? Lord. But he that is married, care for the things of the world, how he may please his what? Now it's difficult. Look at verse 34. There's a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit, but she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her what? Husband. In this I speak to your own prophet, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, that ye may attend 
upon the Lord without what, please? Distraction. So he's talking to the unmarried. He says, look, your obligation is to please the Lord. You're unmarried. And so if you'll go back to Ephesians chapter, chapter 5, you're going to find out that ladies' submission does not mean, I'm going to say it again, submission does not mean you lose your voice. Submission does not mean that you lose your opinion. Submission does not mean that you lose your identity. Submission, if you keep reading, he, came to the, he comes to the wives first. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the what, please? Head. The wife, even as Christ is head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. That, that word head there is very interesting and it's very important. What the word head there means is to seize. So what it means is, is that wives, the reason the hardest verse, the toughest verse in the Bible, and the hardest thing a wife will ever do is to submit. Because when a husband goes to seize, and now he's put both hands on the situation, and now he has to be the head. He has to seize. He has to get into it. He has to plow. He has to do it. The hardest thing a wife ever does is get in behind her head and let him go to work. It's hard. And here's why it's hard. Because it would be easy if it was the Lord. The Lord never makes mistakes. Do you know each of us, pass, we practice submission all the time. We go to the Lord and we give him our opinion. Have you ever done that? We, we go to the Lord and we give him how we feel. We give him our voice. We tell him exactly. How many of you ever cried out and you've had those seasons where you just cried out and said, that's not fair, that's not right, that shouldn't be happening. God, how dare you? But at the end of it, what do we always do? At the end of it, we always say, thy will be done. We always submit. We always get in behind the Lord and say, Lord, here it comes. I trust you. I trust you. Ladies, the hardest thing you'll ever do is trust a man for the rest of your life. And that's why, ladies, I got to tell you, hats off to every lady in this room that you give your opinion, you give what you think, and then you cut ownership and you say, husband, what? Whatever you think is best, that's what we'll do. That's hard. The reason this is hard is because we're human. And the reason that most submission is not there in a marriage from the wife is because they're scared. You know what they're scared about? That we're going to end up in a ditch and wives would totally submit to their husbands if we could guarantee them we're never going to end up in a ditch. I will give you a scenario that I've given a hundred times in marriage counseling. If I were describing something, if I were, if I were saying, what is in this drawer? Good night, this thing's collected. 
there are still chocolate chip cookies in this drawer. I'll take any object during marriage counseling and I'll say, here's how the conversation goes. The conversation goes, hey, babe, uh, I think I'm going to buy those chocolate chips right there. And what do you think? Well, Bob, number one, there's not enough chocolate chips right there to go around for the whole family. So if we invited somebody over, we don't have enough chocolate chips to go around. Two, you don't need those chocolate chips. Three, you and I both know that you're at the age to where if you eat those chocolate chips, that your blood sugar is going to go out of the roof. And I said, but babe, they're only 70 calories. Yeah, but Bob, take that times 24, and that's how many calories. Now, at the end of the day, my wife gives me what she thinks about that. My wife, and this represents anything that you have to seize and you have to make a decision on. And it's, babe, what do you think? She gives you what, you, what she thinks. And then what happens is that I got to make a decision as a husband. So I make a decision. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. Nine times out of ten, your wife is right. It pains me to say that. And I told them at this juncture of the sermon to make it go mute so she didn't hear me say that. I hate that. Ladies, you're smarter than we are. You just are. God's given you that sixth sense. But God didn't give you the role. And I don't say that to demean anybody. I'm just saying that's the way God has set this up. So how is this to work? The hardest thing a husband does is say, you know what? I'm going to buy those cookies. I'm going to buy those chocolate chips. And sure enough, it doesn't go right. Now, can anybody tell me in the average marriage of, of people not in this room? Because we're okay. It's everybody outside of this room. Can I ask you a question? What is the conversation after it doesn't go right? The fact that you're laughing means that you know how this is going to go. Terry, stand up and testify right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you know how that's going to go? Here's how it's going to go. I told you. Don't raise your hand, but in your heart, men, right now, mm, we were there last night. No, here's how it goes. I told you not to buy that. I told you you were making a mistake. Now, it does a couple of things. Number one, you think the husband's going to ask you your opinion next time? No. No. Y'all, the quickest way to mature your husband is to let him fail. And the quickest way for a marriage to mature is for a husband to ask and for a wife to give her opinion, give her voice. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures here. And for a wife to step up and say, babe, here's how I think. Guys, she's not a doormat. She's not somebody that you just put on the shelf and say, you will do what I tell you to do. And she, you, she doesn't have a string that you pull and she winds up and does all and this and, and then winds down. It's not that way. A wife wants to submit. A wife wants for a husband to step up and lead. A wife needs a husband to seize and to, to seize and to go. That, that, that's what, let me get some super glue. That's what a wife needs. A wife loves it when a husband says, get out of my way. I'm going to get this done. 
But on the path to getting it done, there has to be a wife in the background that is like, I'm going to submit. Submission is when you give what you think and then you say to your husband, but I trust you that you'll make the right decision. This is submission. And the reason is quiet to a big degree is because that's the hardest thing that a wife will ever do. But how do you get a wife to submit? Don't answer out loud right now because how do you get a wife to submit? So if you look at the text in Ephesians chapter, chapter 5, look, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is what, please? Subject unto Christ. So let, every, so let the wives be to their own husband in everything. Now, if we are subject unto Christ, then how does Christ te- treat us? Look what it says in verse 25. Husbands, what please? Love your wives. Did you see that? Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but here it is, but did what? Nourisheth and cherisheth it. If you're looking, how do I unlock the submission in a a wife? Listen, you unlock that by loving her, nourishing her, cherishing her. And there are wives all over this world that are willing to submit if a husband would just treat her in such a way that he doesn't treat her like a co-worker, he doesn't treat her like one of the kids, he doesn't treat her like one of the dogs, he doesn't treat her like the mailman, he doesn't treat her, treat her like he does somebody who parks in his spot. No, the key that unlocks submission in a wife is when a husband loves and nourisheth and cherisheth his wife. And as soon as you do that, Angel and Soraya, I really hate to do this, but I've been waiting and God worked this out. Come on down. You're the next married couple. Come on. Could I use y'all real quick? Would that be okay? Come on, Soraya. You have no choice. Amen. Because I got keys. I got keys. So I have a, a big like an old skeleton key is what I call it. Come on, come on, come on. They just got married. There you go. It's okay to hold hands. I'm just going to have y'all stand right here if you don't mind. Come on. Sarai's like, Pastor, I am so going to kill you. Step right up here. I'm going to give you this. That's your key. And I'm going to give you that. That's your key. Just, and it's so small. Stand right there. Ready? Can I, can I tell you that the hardest thing she'll ever do as a newly married is to submit. Because the moment he says, what do you think? She's got to give her opinion. And husbands, let them give their opinion. It's not fair to say, I don't care what you think, we're going to do it my way. Because most men who say we're going to do it my way as a husband, how does that work? 
doesn't work too well. So a wife is waiting to submit that she's waiting on this. But a husband, you can unlock something in her and you can unlock something in him that is amazing. So take your key if you would and just hold it out like this. Hold it this way, this way. There you go, there you go. When you cherish her and you love her and you treat her like a prize, and I know you do, because I saw you in that hallway before you got married. When you do this, she will naturally, get in behind him, she will naturally submit. So now I'm going to propose something to you. She hides also. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose something to you. You, a marriage is right now. Don't get mad. A marriage is right now how the husband has made that marriage over the past time. The hardest thing I tell men is this. Sir, take a look at your wife right now. And if there's a submission problem, then you've not loved her. You, you've not, stop cleaning up his back. And, uh, and you've, not, you've not loved her. Because always remember this, that submission is not her losing her voice. Submission is not her losing her identity. Submission is when she says, husband, whatever decision you make, let's get this thing done. And the thing that unlocks this in a husband is when the husband realizes, like the responsibility right now rests on me. Because if you look at the text here, it says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the body, head of the church, he is the savior of the body. And if you'll keep going down, verse 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and did what, please? Gave himself for it. I, I, this is generational because parents, your children are going to emulate how they see your marriage going. And that's why we have to understand that mamas and wives are not a creature to be fooled with. You don't fool with this part. You love and you cherish because every wife wants a spiritual husband and every wife wants to be there for her husband. Your pastor has been married for 35 years. And in 35 years, the hardest thing Kelly, Jane Gray, has ever done is to submit. The hardest thing she's ever done is to look at me and to say, here's my opinion, here's what I think. But then she has to step up and cut ownership of that opinion. And then it comes a total trust. But I'll tell you that submission is much bigger than what we're talking about. Submission on the part of a wife is for the protection of a home. Dad's out working. Dad's out, out getting things done. And this wife has to have this ability to be a subject, to be in submission. This is not an ERA sermon. This is not wives, you have no rights. You have the toughest job, and I'll tell you why. Because you will make and or break your family structure. And this family structure can be broken if a wife does not understand, here is my role, here is who I'm supposed to be, and God, would you help me 
to recognize that you've given me a husband? Would you help me to recognize that he is the head? And would you help me recognize that he's not perfect? He won't always make the right decisions, but it is his right to make decisions for this family. There are husbands all over this world who they fight every day out in the world to conquer the job and conquer something over there. And then they come home and they have to conquer a marriage and they feel like I've got to fight because no matter what I say, it's going to become right back at me. No matter what I do, I'm going to get, I'm going to get blowback on it. I'm going to get pushed back on it. I'm going to get whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. And always remember that a husband is, 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 is a triune person. There's three parts to your husband. He's made in the image of God. In the beginning, God, Elohim. This is the plurality of God. He is, has the nature of God the Father. He wants to destroy everything. He has the nature of God the Son. He wants to redeem everything. And then he has the nature of God the Holy Spirit. He wants to guide and he wants to comfort. And this man is running all three gamuts of what is going on in his spirit. And he's trying to navigate through, through do, do, am I angry and sin not? Is it time to redeem? Is it time to be this guide and this comforter? And the wife has to get in behind him and say, look, I married you. I trust you. And I want you to know that I'm here to protect this family. When us kids were little and uh, we were just in grade school, my mom's health was very, very good. Um, my dad's health was very good. His schedule was very, very, very simple. We were in grade school. And, and my mom would say something like this to us kids and and I think my sister Kimberly picked up on it more than I ever did of the rest of them. But my, 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 my mom would say this to us kids. You see that man right there? I point to my dad. You see that man right there? If that man leads us down a blind alley and we come to a brick wall at the, blind, at the end of this blind alley, you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, hmm, what do you know? Isn't that a beautiful set of bricks at the end of this alley? And we're going to, this is what my mom would do, we're going to stand there and we're going to admire these bricks and we're going to say, now that's a beautiful set of, what a wonderful detour off the highway of life. Look at those bricks, kids. Your daddy felt like we just need to see those bricks. And then we're going to follow them out of that alley. And if we go to the next alley and we go down and all of a sudden there's another set of bricks, we're going to go, mm, look at that. Well, it's a wonderful set of bricks. I used to think she was crazy. I'm like, Mama, who wants to go down an alley and waste our time seeing bricks? That means he made a mistake. That's what I was thinking. You know what my mom was trying to teach us? That's our daddy. I married that man. I love that man. I trust that man. And children, that's how a wife should be. I love him. I trust him. I believe in him. Because there's something bigger at stake than you just getting your way, ma'am. There's something bigger on the plate than you having to get him to do what you want him to do. It's bigger than that. And I want you to go all the way back to Genesis, if you will. Thank you. I'm going to let you all go sit down. Go all the way back to Genesis, and I'm going to end with this. Ladies, you've got the toughest job on the planet, but you are so vital to what we have going on. Men, 
You need to ask their opinion. Men, their hair, they're, they're there. Their hair also, they're, they're there. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman. So let's pause right here and understand that if you'll back up to chapter 2, and if you'll go to verse 21, and the Lord God, verse 21, chapter 2, verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was, what please, taken out of man. Ladies, this is bigger than you getting your way about all the little things. You know how big this is? You are still the protector of the vital organs of your husband. You see, she was taken from a rib. She wasn't taken from the head to be equal with her husband. She wasn't taken from the feet to be trampled on by her husband. She was taken from the rib. She was taken from a part that protects all the vital organs of a man. You know what God did? God took the rib that protected man, and God took this rib and made a beautiful woman and then put her out as a spiritual buffer between everything going on. And ladies, I'm going to tell you, that if you'll look at the very first thing that happened in Eve's existence in the Word. She didn't go back. There's many times that people will preach this kind of sermon, excuse me, from this kind of text. Ah, oh, you women were created to do our laundry, and you women were created to, to clean our house, and you women were created to, to get out there and just help me where I can't help. And No, no, no. She was a help meet, but not for the garden. That's junk. Men, let me tell you something. You ought to be the one. You ought to be the best house cleaner. You ought to be able to get in there and help your wife and not make your wife do all these things. But I'll tell you, wives, submission means this. Husband, I am behind you 100%. I have given you what I think, but at the end of the day, I trust you that you will make the right decision. Now, I know that what I'm saying is a utopia. And in a world we're living in, I know that what I'm saying is very difficult because of situations. But wives, I'm looking at you and telling you, you're important. You're vital. You are being beat up by the devil, and the devil's after you. Because the devil knows your husband can't handle it. He can fight a hundred battles. He, 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 can, he, can, he can do a hundred things. But if he comes home and he doesn't have a healthy relationship with his wife, he can't take it. What is the use? Everything we own, everything we have, 
we'll gladly give it up for a happy wife. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. We'll gladly give it all up as long as our wives are okay. You're on the front lines. And let me tell you, submission is a two-edged sword. It not only gives you the ability to look at your husband and say, I trust you. And even if we go down a blind alley, and even if we end up in some red bricks down there, I promise you, you'll never get, I told you so. You'll never get, you should have done it my way. I will shut my mouth. I'll drop my opinion because at the end of the day, I married you. Do you vote for your politician to check with you when they go to make a vote? Or do you vote for your politician because you trust them to make the right decision? I trust them to make the right decision. I don't have time. I don't know all the ins and outs. But I also trust when they get it wrong to fix it and make it right. I want you to notice here that when she comes to chapter 3... Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And by the way, I'm going to end with this thought because I have 20 thoughts that spin off of this. But, But now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, now, up to this point, the woman had enough independence about her that she gave the right answer. Ladies, listen to this. We don't want dependent use. We need independent use. We don't have time to come back to your world. We, we want you to know. What does God want? And then just go do what God wants. But there comes a point to where a wife cannot answer for the family. If you'll look at, go down and look at it, it says, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it nor touch it lest ye die. And the servant said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know in the day ye eat thereof that your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Verse 6 should go this way. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, just a second, I think now my husband needs to take over from here and my husband will answer for the family. Do you know, wives, if you can take a step back and throw your husband under the bus? Why not? You throw them under the bus a hundred other times. It's true. When you don't want to do something, well, I got to check with my husband. And rightfully so. But ladies, there comes a point where we have to step back and we have to go. I have one spiritual leader for our home, and that is my husband, and I'm going to ask him, what do we do? Because, ladies, if you don't, then you will force your husband to do something that he should never have done. And that's what Eve did. God did not make you to do the laundry, to do the cooking, to clean the house, to do any of that. Although that is part of how you express your love. God made you to protect your husband and your family. And the best way you protect your husband and your family is 
to submit. And it is at the end of the day to say, husband, I love you, and I want you to know what I'm about to say. If you take us down a blind alley, I love you, and I trust you. I'm not going to ask the wives to raise their hands because I think that would be very disrespectful, but how many times have you looked at what your husband was doing and you thought, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And you've held your husband captive when all he needed was, husband, I love you, and I'm going to submit to you. Now, young people, you say, how, how does this translate into me? I'm not even married. Single adults, I'm not even married. How does this translate? Would you please go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and please forgive me because I think I messed up. In 1 Corinthians, and wouldn't you know it? Hang on, hang on. Don't move, don't move. Don't go nowhere. Don't go anywhere. Would you do that for me? Like, don't get up and leave. Stay right where you're at. I knew this was going to happen. Somebody help me out where it talks about the head of the wife is Christ, head of the husband's Christ. What is it? Whoever can say it gets a free sermon. 11, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Now where is it at? Verse 3, I knew that, thank you. I'm going to let you preach. Here we go. But I would have you know that the head of every man is what? Christ. And the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is who? God. Men, listen to this. If you're single, learn how to yield to your head, which is God. All you single guys, listen to what your pastor's telling you. You'll be no good as a husband if you don't know how to submit. You got to be able to say, God, what do you want? God, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? And there needs to be spiritual men that rise up and say, I am going to be a man of the book, and I am going to be a man of prayer, and I am going to be a man that I'm going to do exactly what my head tells me to do so that your wife can submit. Because Ephesians 5, wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands. And there's a little phrase there, as unto the Lord. There should be no struggle what does the Lord want? What does my husband want? No. We submit to the Lord because our husbands are submitting to the Lord, and that gives us, we can submit to our, to our husbands' wives. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you go back and let me reiterate this to the young ladies, what, what are you doing now in 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians 7 Verse number 34, there's a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord that she may be holy. Here it is, both in what, please? Body and in spirit. Ladies, if you're not married, keep your body pure. Keep your spirit pure. Men, if you're married, arrange your life to please the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you get married, husbands, yield to the Lord. But wives, know this, please. Start in your marriage being the kind of wife that you reiterate to your husband over and over and over again. 
Sweetheart, I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you how I feel. And I'm going to give you information. And then I'm going to drop ownership. And then let your husband go to the Lord. And let your husband come back and go, this is what I think the Lord wants us to do. If we could work this way, I believe that our church, when the families are strong, then the church becomes strong. Because at the end of the day, guess what we all have to do? We all have to yield to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever preached a sermon you felt like you were on an island all by yourself? That's where pastor feels like he's at right now. But it is the Bible, and it is what needs to happen. And some of you ladies, I, I, I don't want to meet you in the back alley because we don't have a back alley. But please, husbands, ask them what they think. Love them. Nourish them. Have a different tone for them. Have a different way you talk to them. Don't treat them like you treat everybody else. And then watch them submit and watch it unlock in their life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.